Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native you speak English fluently, you speak powerfully, you speak confidently, you speak English effortlessly when you, you, you commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. I've had a lot of new people joining my VIP program recently. I understand why. And a lot of people asking about the VIP program, so I will definitely do that show talking about VIP. I'll do it, um, let's do it tomorrow or the next day. We'll do it this week. But today, right now, we're going to do The Hobbit. We're going to continue with The Hobbit, continue with our book club. Uh, I know I'm off schedule. (laughs) It's Tuesday. (laughs) But, hey, better late than never. Live on YouTube. I just opened comments today since we're doing our book club. Now I'm going to go ahead and go through and do, as usual, summarize the chapters, discuss a few comments of mine, and then we'll come to questions. Might be a little bit shorter today. Here we go. Let's jump in. We're on chapter 10. Uh, Whoops, wrong one. All right, here we go. Okay, chapter 10. Now, you remember, they just, they, meaning the dwarves and Bilbo, got, were just escaping from the elves, right? They were the prisoners of the elves. Bilbo, once again, saves the dwarves, right? He had his plan. He put them into the barrels, right? And they went into the river. And, uh... This is where we begin. So the dwarves are still inside the barrels, right? And they're all, the barrels are all tied together like a raft, like a little boat. And there's elves on there, you know, taking the, um, taking these barrels down to the town where they will, uh, where they do trade. They trade with some men. Okay. So. They're on the river, floating along. The dwarves are in the barrels, so Bilbo doesn't know how they're doing. Bilbo has his magic ring on, so he's invisible. And he's sitting on the boat, sitting on the raft, right? Sitting on the barrels. And, uh, of course, the the elves are there too, but they don't see him. So, they're going along, and uh, they're floating on the river, and then the the river kind of opens up more. And far, far, far ahead, for the first time, he sees the mountain. The Lonely Mountain is the name of it, right? That's, this is the goal of their adventure. The Lonely Mountain, where the dragon is, where the dwarves' treasure is, where their kingdom used to be. This is the Lonely Mountain. Bilbo had come far and through many adventures to see it. And now, he did not like the look of it the least. So, it... it, it looks a little scary, a little frightening to him. Of course, he knows that there's a dragon inside that mountain, which probably, you know, makes it seem scary. So, as he's getting close to his goal, um, he's feeling some fear, some worry. Okay, and then he, as he's sitting there, he listens to the elves talking. Uh, to each other and they talk about and he's, he hears them they finally uh, they're, they're going along they're getting closer to the town where they're gonna you know where the men are and uh, he hears them talking about how the road the road in the forest has gotten very dangerous and uh, and he realizes that actually they were kind of lucky because if they had not if they had not been captured by the elves, maybe on the road it would have been still very dangerous. Maybe they would have been attacked or something again. And uh, maybe actually it was lucky they got captured by the elves and now they and then Bilbo helped them escape and then they came, they, they got out of the forest with, you know, through the river. So Bilbo kind of realizes um, that they came through the only road that was any good. 
Okay, so meaning that... Um, so this is kind of a little message from Tolkien, I think, that, you know, sometimes when we think something bad has happened, right? We think something bad happened. They they got off the road. They got off the trail, right? And they're trying to, to get help, get help, get food from the elves. The elves captured them. First the spiders and the elves. And uh, then they got, they were prisoners. The dwarves were prisoners of the elves. And Bilbo, alone with his ring, had to find a way to help them escape. But maybe, in a way, it was actually good luck because the road, after that point, the road was actually quite dangerous. And actually, even though this was very tough for them, maybe it was actually the safest way for them to get through. So it's kind of like a little message which we find in life that sometimes things that seem like bad luck in the moment right now can actually later, we look back and we realize, oh, actually, maybe that was good. Maybe that was was not so bad. Okay, one second, guys. One second, one second, one second. Okay. And let me just pull this up. Bad luck. Whoops, whoops, sorry. Sorry about the, the echo, echo. Okay, so continuing on. Uh, oh, and then it, said, it mentions Gandalf here. The next thing is we get a little mention of Gandalf that Gandalf actually heard about this news. So Gandalf, remember, he's off doing something. We don't know what he's doing, something important. And he actually kind of hears that the road was dangerous. He gets news that the road through the forest has become very, very dangerous. So Gandalf is actually, uh, he gets very worried about the dwarves. He gets very worried about Bilbo. And so it says that Gandalf had heard this news and he was finishing his other business and he was now coming back. Like, of course, Bilbo doesn't know this, but Gandalf is now getting ready to come back and try to find Bilbo and the, and the dwarves because he's become quite worried about them. Okay. Then they, you know, they continue along the river and they finally come to the, the river comes into the what's called the long lake. So the river finally comes to a big lake and there on the lake is a town. It's built on the water, right? So it's like this wooden town built on top of the water. It's called Lake Town. Okay, clear enough. Right, so it's... Uh, and it's right on the surface of the lake. It's a busy town of men. So they finally now they have left the elf area, the elves, and now they have come to a town of men. Okay. They bring the the, the elves take the raft. And they put it kind of, you know, next to the little lake town. And then the elves go into the town. They kind of tie it up. And the elves, then the elves leave. They go into the town, you know, to talk to the men, have get some food or whatever. So finally, Bilbo's alone. Finally, Bilbo can rescue the dwarves. It's like they've been in the barrels for almost two days now. So they're probably not feeling very good. <laughs> so Bilbo goes in. He cuts one of the barrels, you know cuts the rope and he he pushes it to the shore you know pushes it to the land he opens it up and out came a very unhappy dwarf his there was wet straw he's kind of wet he's very very sore and stiff it's thorin he's bruised and he's weak he can hardly stand he's so he feels so terrible being in the barrels for so long um and uh He's really, really, really grumpy and unhappy, as you can imagine. So he does, even though Bilbo just saved him, Thorn is not happy, and he kind of he complains and he and he uh, he basically says, "Oh, look, what what did you do to us? I've been stuck in this barrel for a long time." And he's kind of very aggressive and very unhappy and uh, towards Bilbo. But here we see something again where Bilbo's quite different. Instead of Bilbo, you know, before Bilbo a little bit scared of Thorin, but this time Bilbo just uh, kind of argues back with him directly. He says, are you alive or are you dead? Right? He says, maybe you forgot that, you know, that I just saved your life. <laughs> and uh, he says, are you in prison or are you free? He says, if you want food, 
uh, if you want to continue with this adventure, then you need to stop complaining and help me, you know, rest, get, get the other dwarves out. So he's very, you know, we, this is called assertive, right? He's very strong, very direct with Thorin now. He's not being, he's not acting like he's under Thorin. He's, he's being very, um, again, assertive, very confident now. Because, you know, he say, he, this is the second time. He saved them two times. He fought the spiders. He's, uh, he really has become very confident. And he's showing leadership again now. He's really acting like he's on the same level as Thorin, the official leader of the group. And Thorin, you know, Thorin is actually a decent dwarf. <laughs> Thorin realizes that Bilbo, of course, is right, that complaining is, doesn't help, that they are they are rescued, even though it was, you know, very un uncomfortable, very unpleasant. And so Thorin helps him, and one by one, they, they get all the dwarves out, and they pull them out of the barrels. Some of them are in really bad shape. They, can, they can't even stand up. They just lay there on the ground. Ugh. And then finally, Thorin actually, again, Thorin kind of shows again that he does have some honor, and he says, even though we're very... Uh, un we had a very unhappy two days or very uncomfortable, but still we're grateful. We're at your service, meaning we're very grateful to you for what you did because you did indeed, you did indeed save us. You did indeed help us. So let's see if I can, oh, let's, sorry about this. Just want to see if I can get this to be a little smaller. Oh, there we go. A little smaller on the screen. There you go. Hopefully you can read that a little better or see it better. I know you're not reading it. Okay, continuing on. Okay, finally, so they decide, well, what are we going to do now? And Thorin kind of takes leadership this time. And he says, let's just go into the town. He says, "This is, we're not prisoners here. This is a town of men. So the elf king has no power here. So Thorin takes Bilbo. And they just walk up to one of the guards at the town and say and say, I am Thorin, the son of Thrain, king under the mountain. Basically saying, I have returned to, I am a, the dwarf king, and I have returned, and I'm going to get my treasure back. I'm going to go back to the lonely mountain, and, you know, the dwarves are back. And so, oh, there's all this great excitement. Everybody's very excited. And, uh... The news about the dwarf coming back, about Thorin coming back, it like everybody starts talking, it goes through the town, everyone gets really excited because there's kind of a, uh, like a, I don't know, you call it a prophecy, like a story that at some day the dwarf king would come back, right? And, he, and the dragon, he would get rid of the dragon and he, the dwarves would come back to the mountain and everybody would be happy and rich again. So all the people in the town get very excited. They start singing songs. Then they're they're like they they treating the uh, the dwarves like they're you know great heroes. They go to the master of the town. He's kind of like the mayor, and uh, the mayor he doesn't really trust them. He doesn't really believe them. But everybody in the town is so excited that the mayor decides, oh okay, I'll just be nice to them because. Uh, Everybody else is too excited. I, I don't want to go against them. He's kind of like a politician, right? So the dwarves, they go get all the other dwarves. They, they have a big meal. They, and then they, they rest for a couple weeks. So they get a lot of food. They give them a house to stay in. And uh, so once again, we see this. It's kind of, again, this up and down, up and down in the adventure, right? That after they have one or two very hard times, a lot of danger, uh, pain, discomfort that they finally get a little point ah you know a week or two or they get some time where they can rest and recover and get strong again and face the next big danger and i think this is another this is very typical it's very usual of the hero story it's also i think very typical in life in general for all of us that uh, that we all need this, that you cannot just face danger and difficulty and stress constantly, right? Because eventually you'll break. You know, we can handle a lot and for a while, for a while, you know, tough times, hard times, stress, difficulty. But eventually we have to have little breaks. We have to have breaks in between where we can rest and recover, get strong again, and then face the next problem, then face the next big danger. 
And that's a good message in life that, uh, you know, if you're struggling with the problem, you're struggling with stress, you're struggling with a big danger, it's okay. You fight, you fight, but you must take breaks sometimes. You must give yourself some time to rest and get strong again, and then back to the fight, back to the struggle. Okay, now, of course, the elves are still there, and they, uh, they're they very shocked <laughs> to see the dwarves, because the dwarves were prisoners, right? And the elves say, hey, these are our prisoners! But the, uh, the dwarves say, no, we're not prisoners here. This is not the elf king's uh, kingdom. And so the elves go back, and they tell the elf king, hey, you know, the dwarves are now in the lake town, and that he's actually, the, he's saying he's the king dwarf, and they're going to get the, you know, fight the dragon and get the gold. So now the elves, so they, the elves find out they escaped and, and they know where they are. Finally, uh, the dwarves say after they have rested and they're strong again, they, uh, the dwarves, they tell them the mayor of the town, the master of the town, they say, okay, now we're ready. We're leaving. We're going, we're going to go to the mountain now. And, uh, the mayor's surprised. He thought they were, like he said, like I said, he thought they were just lying. He didn't think they were real. And now he realizes, oh my God, they're serious. They're really going to do this. So, um, he gives, they give them a lot of stuff. They give them food and clothing and, uh, I guess some weapons and things. So, and they give them a boat and they go up the lake towards the mountain and they drop them kind of close to the mountain with some ponies also. And then they are, they can see the mountain. They're getting closer and closer and they get on their ponies and they, they start riding and walking to the mountain. They're finally at the mountain. And it says that, you know, all the dwarves are very excited. The only person thoroughly unhappy was Bilbo. So now Bilbo, you know, the reality of this adventure, this, the, the, the really the biggest danger, a dragon, um, is, is very close. And the dwarves aren't, their dwarves are just thinking about the money and the treasure and all that. But Bilbo's thinking about the dragon and he's not happy. Okay, so then we go on chapter 11. called On the Doorstep. Okay, at the end of the third day, they, they, oh yeah, they get out and they're walking. The land is desolate and empty. So the dragon, with his fire breathing, right, he's destroyed all the trees, he's destroyed all the grass and everything, so it's very rocky, it's, so it's, it's kind of a depressing area. There, it says there's no laughter, no singing. So now, you know, with the mountain closed, they know the dragon's up there. They have to be very quiet. And as they get closer, 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 of course, of course, they can kind of feel the danger getting closer and closer. And so all of them, you know, their good mood drops. They stop laughing. They stop talking. And it starts to become very serious now. They know they are getting near the end of their journey and they know it might be a horrible end. So here's the thing. They know that they're, they're close to the end now, but there's no guarantee, right? There's a very good chance all of them will die. <laughs> they all have accepted the danger and they all have accepted that there's a good chance they're going to die. And honestly, and we'll see that they still, you know, the whole time, they really have no plan about how they're going to deal with the dragon. I mean, the the... The dwarves have sort of like a lot of confidence and wishful thinking, but they have no real plan. Like, how are they going to kill this dragon? They have no plan at all. And Bilbo suddenly realizes this and he becomes even more scared. So they get up, they get finally all the way to the to the mountain they see there used to be a town next to the mountain it was called Dale there used to be men living there it was quite rich but now it's all destroyed they see it's all the ruins and uh, they go and they kind of very quietly take a look at what's called the front gate used to be the big great huge gate that would go uh, into and under the mountain where the dwarves lived you know their great kingdom under the mountain now there's like all this smoke coming out of it from the dragon and it's very, very scary. And of course, they they decide they're not going through the front because they don't want the dragon to get them. Uh, 
Okay, now it says uh, autumn was crawling towards winter. So it's almost winter. They're at the end of fall, the end of autumn. So the weather's changing. It's starting to get chilly. It's starting to get a little cold, a little darker. They're at the end of their journey. Uh, and they, none of them had much spirit. So their spirits, their morale, their confidence is now very low. As when they finally reach the end, they see the smoke, they see the destruction of all around the mountain. They, the reality of the dragon, right? It, until now, it's just been kind of this idea. And so they kind of, it was easy to not think about it. Easy not to think about this huge problem of this super powerful dragon. But now that they're here, they suddenly have to face this very tough reality and they all start becoming kind of depressed because they suddenly realize we have no idea how to get inside without the dragon seeing us. We have no idea how to fight him. Uh, and now the, the full reality of it hits. I think this is also maybe another kind of message <laughs> that, um, uh, that maybe there's a reason for this. I know I can see this in my own life <laughs> and I think a lot of people can maybe have seen this in their life that sometimes it's better not to think about the the details of uh, the big big problem you might face right the potential problems in other words if you're you're starting a really big goal uh, it's you have a big goal and maybe you kind of realize that, you know, this goal will require some very, you know, we'll have a lot of problems, a lot of challenges, maybe a lot of discomfort. But sometimes it's best not to think about that because then you become worried, you become scared, and maybe you don't start. Maybe you, like, may, if Bilbo, back in in the Shire, like back in his home, if he thought about this moment very in detail, if he really thought carefully about the dragon and the danger, maybe he would have never left, right? Probably he would have said, oh, no way, right? But he, he kind of thought about it, you know, he had the idea of the dragon, but then he just pushed it out of his head. And the dwarves, it seems also, they did the same thing. You know, they kind of had this idea, they had this big goal, but then they kind of push away the, the, big, the biggest danger, the biggest problem, and they didn't think about it until now. And on one hand, that's a, maybe a weak point, right? Because now, like, they got to figure out what do we do? This is a huge problem. But on the other hand, it's sometimes a strong point, I think, because um, sometimes if a problem is indeed going to be really big, if a goal is huge, it, it does not help. It does not help to think about it too much in the beginning. In the beginning, maybe you have no idea how you'll solve it. Maybe in the beginning you... You really don't know. It's better to just push it until later and deal with it when you have to. You know, I think about people who start businesses uh, and maybe they don't realize how hard it will be later, <laughs> right? The Some of the huge challenges, the amount of work and hours they might need to work, the amount of work they might have to do, Right? Sometimes it's good that you don't think about that too much because if you think about it too much, you never start. You become afraid. So, it's a weak point in their plan, but maybe also a strong point psychologically. Okay, so then they realize, okay, oh, we have this map. Remember, there's a map. They had the secret map they got. And there's, a, there's supposed to be a secret door, right? Somewhere up on on the side of the mountain, there should be a secret door they can go inside, right? Not through the front. So they're thinking, oh, there's a secret door somewhere where they can go in and they can get in without the dragon seeing them. But they try to follow the map. They can't find it. They It takes them a long time. Finally, they find a little path that goes up, 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 like, um, um, what is it, 100 feet, 30 meters up in the air. Uh, you know, up on the side of the mountain, they find this wall and they realize this must be the secret door. But how, but it's just a stone wall. Where's the door? It's a kind of magical door. They can't even see where the door is. They push it. They can't open it. They don't know what to do. Okay, again... This, again, something very interesting happens. They're sitting outside in front of this, you know, this, this secret door. They can't, they don't know how to open it. And 
what's very interesting is that they all, including Thorin, they all look to Bilbo and they all ask Bilbo, what are we going to do? How do we open this door? Right? And at this point, we really see Bilbo has become the leader of the whole group. Even more than Thorin. I mean, Thorin kind of is the leader in a way because he's, he's the best, you know, the fighter. He's the strong guy. But, but at this point, it's Bilbo, now, especially with Gandalf gone, right? Gandalf was really the leader before and kind of Thorin under him. But now we see at this point, you know, Bilbo is the one who has saved them two times now. Not Thorin, not nobody else. And you can see now they all are automatically looking to him when they have a problem. They, they first look to Bilbo. They, they want Bilbo to solve the problem. And so Bilbo says, well, I don't know. Give me, give me a minute. I need to think about it. So he starts thinking about it. He, he starts looking at the secret map. He, starts get, he gets an idea. He finally understands the secret map that... Uh, it's on one special day of the year. When the sun goes down, the light will hit the door and then it can open. And so he realizes it and this, this happens. It's the next day. They finally, you know, the moon is coming up. The sun's setting. The light comes. It hits the door and they, they see the door finally. Ah! And they all push and it opens. So Bilbo again solves the problem. And at this point, Bilbo really is the leader of the group. Even Thorin looks to Bilbo as the leader, which is very interesting. The Bilbo has gone from useless, right? They did, nobody respected him, and now he is the leader of the whole group. Okay, so, and then the light hits, there's a little hole, they see the hole, Thorn has a key, they, and the key opens, and they open the door. All right, and finally, I'll do one more chapter. Let's do chapter 12. We'll do three chapters today. Okay, now they all look at him again <laughs> and they say, okay, Bilbo, it's time to do your job. You're the burglar, right? You're supposed to go in and steal. So you have to go into the secret door. You have to go down and we want you to see what's the dragon doing and uh, try to steal some piece of treasure and bring it back. So Bilbo kind of, you know, he gets a little angry. He says, you know, I, I already, you know, have saved you twice, so I already deserve my payment. But Bilbo also says um, something very interesting. He says, I don't think I shall refuse. In other words, I will not refuse going in. He, now he actually wants to do it, right? He's not complaining really about going in. Uh, he's not complaining about doing this. He says, I have begun to trust my luck more than I used to in the old days. So he's beginning to trust his luck. Or perhaps, also, he's beginning to trust himself. He's really beginning to feel confident now. And now, at the most dangerous point, he doesn't sit there, he doesn't cry, he doesn't complain, he doesn't uh, worry. He just says, yep, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. And he puts on it, he goes in. So he goes through the door and he goes into the mountain. He puts on his ring, of course. And he says, Already he was a very different hobbit from the one who had run out without a handkerchief from his house long ago. Right? He, obviously, he's a very, very different hobbit. He's a very, very, very different person than the person who started this adventure a long, you know, quite a long time ago. We can see he has changed so much now. He's now willingly, <laughs> right, by choice, going into the dragon's lair, this super danger. Now, he still has a, but he's not super, he's not Superman. He still has a final doubt. <laughs> okay, he goes in and as he's getting down to the bottom, he can start to feel the heat of the dragon and he starts to realize, what am I doing, right? Again, doubts, right? So it's just showing again that it's just normal to have these self-doubts, these thoughts, these doubts, these fears. They come up. Even now, he's, he's quite clearly a hero. He's quite strong. But still, in certain moments, these things will come up. And he thinks, what am I doing? I don't need this treasure. I don't need the treasure. Why am I doing this? But... 
He keeps going. And as he goes down, he can see more and more red. And it's getting hotter and hotter. And then he can hear the sound. It sounds like it's, it's the sound of the dragon snoring, the dragon sleeping. And it's this kind of this super scary sound. And it's hot. And the dragon, you know, it's, it's hot from the dragon's breath. And then it says, at this point, Bilbo stopped. So he's right there. He's, he's just getting ready to go into where the dragon is. He's just, you know, like a couple more steps. And he says, going in from there was the bravest thing he ever did. He fought the real battle in the tunnel alone before he ever saw the danger ahead, the dragon. But at any rate, anyway, after a short stop, he did go in. Okay, so this is interesting. So he's saying he fought the real battle. So he stops. And now this is the moment, like two more steps, and he will see the dragon, right? Clearly, definitely, the biggest danger of this journey, the biggest danger of his life, probably ever in his life, definitely, we know. (laughs) The biggest danger he will ever face. This dragon killed like a whole army of dwarves. So... And it says, so he's there and he's feeling this huge fear again, right? This huge fear just before he steps in to the room with the dragon. And it says, this is the bravest thing, this like the most courageous thing he ever did, right? And it says, he fought the real battle in the tunnel alone. So the meaning, the real battle was against his own fear, right? We'll see later, you know, of course, he, he does face the dragon. And, and actually, the next chapter, he'll actually talk to the dragon, um and faces some real danger but um but but by then he's already kind of in the middle of it uh and uh and this happens sometimes when you're in the middle of danger there's no time to feel the fear right you're you're just you're just trying to survive but it's just before it's just before that the biggest fear comes right so it's it's his the biggest fear right now just before he steps in and he fights. So the biggest battle we have in our life is against that fear. It's not actually the thing we're trying to do. The, that's actually easier. The big battle is our own fear, overcoming our own fear and going forward. That's your biggest battle in life. And then you face the danger. Once you face the danger, well, then you're in it and you're, you're, that's actually easier. And it's a good message in life. It's definitely true. And then he sees it, the big red golden dragon. And everywhere, all on under the dragon, all around the dragon, uh, is a huge treasure. <clears throat> Gold, silver, gems, like diamonds. And also, you know, like armor, weapons, uh, just all the riches. It's just a huge amount of treasure and riches under and all around the dragon. And it says that Bilbo, he had heard about this. You know, he heard the stories from the dwarves. He heard about the amount of treasure, the gold and everything. But he still could never imagine the reality. The reality was so huge, so amazing. Gold beyond count. So much gold, there's no way he could even count it or even think how much it was. It's just Tremendous, and he's kind of shocked by how much there is. So he's kind of like, ah. he doesn't know what to do, but he realizes, okay, the dwarves want me to get something and bring it back. So very quietly, he's still got his ring on. He goes to the edge of the treasure, and luckily the dragon's sleeping, and he doesn't wake up, and he grabs like this big giant gold cup. And then he grabs it and he runs, runs back up the tunnel, right? Back up, back up, back up, and back up to the dwarves. And they, the dwarves are super, super, super ecstatic. They're happy. They're so excited. He tells them, you know, he saw the dragon, but he, and he tells them all the treasure. And um, they're like, yay, 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 right? So again, the dwarves are only focused on the treasure. They're still not thinking about the dragon at all. But Bilbo, he he just kind of, uh, he lays down because, of course, he, he just overcame this huge danger. 
and he's impressed by the treasure but but um but Bilbo of course is more focused on the dragon and then they hear the dragon wakes up the dragon wakes up and the dragon he can smell really good like a dog you know and the dragon can smell he smells you know Bilbo that Bilbo was there and the dragon he can he knows every little piece of the treasure and he can see that something's missing he sees that the cup is missing so they hear this huge sound down 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 inside the mountain and he just says that there's a, his rage passes description. So he's so angry, so much rage, right? That that something would come in, in there and steal from him, Smog, the mighty dragon, right? And uh, so he, he's, and he comes out the front gate and he starts flying around and breathing fire everywhere. He goes on on top of the mountaintop, and all the dwarves are panicking. Oh my God! Ah, and they're all freaking out and panicking. And they're all, and Bilbo again, you know, tells them go inside, inside, you know, into the door, into the tunnel. And so they 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 all go running in. There's a few of them are still down below, so they have to get a rope and pull them up. And then they they all oh they all manage to get inside the door and they close it mostly, you know, just they a small little stone to keep a slightly cracked. And then suddenly. This big fire hits the door and some of the fire comes inside the tunnel where they're hiding. Luckily, the dragon doesn't realize. He doesn't see the door. He's just breathing fire all over the mountain looking for the thief, right? So they all kind of hide out in the tunnel. Their poor ponies, their little horses get eaten. The dragon eats up all their ponies. Um, And then finally, since the dragon cannot find them he very quietly flies back and goes back into the center of the mountain and at this point (laughs) they start they finally wake up and they realize how are we going to get rid of this dragon what are we going to do right says they debated on a, a long way what to do but they could think of no way to get rid of smog the dragon's name is smog which had always been a weak point in their plan, as Bilbo pointed out. (laughs) Right, it's obviously a huge weak point. And then again, so they're they're talking, they're arguing, what should we do? Oh, how do we get rid of the dragon? Oh, I guess we should have thought of that. (laughs) And then what do they do? They turn to Bilbo. Thorin, Thorin looks to Bilbo and says, Mr. Baggins, what should we do right what do you propose what do you suggest Mr. Baggins and uh, Bilbo says well I have no idea right now he says there's no way I can steal that treasure there's so much it's so gigantic there's no way I could steal all of it and bring it up it would take you know hundreds of years to do that but he says here's what I I will do he says, I have my ring and um, I'll go down there again in, at noontime, right? And when is, Which seems like it's when the dragon's sleeping. So I'll go down again there tomorrow and I'll see when he's, and see what he's doing. And maybe try to get, maybe try to think of a better plan. I'll, I'll kind of spy on the dragon and maybe get a better idea what to do. And then it says, already, they're talking about the dwarves, they, and they accept his plan. They say, yes, okay, great. That sounds like a great plan. It says, already they had come to respect little Bilbo. So the dwarves respect little Bilbo now. He had become the real leader in their adventure. He had begun to have ideas and plans of his own. Right, so you can kind of see this final point. You can finally see this final point that he... Number one, they're looking to him for respect, but now he's the one thinking of ideas, right? Up up until recently, you know, he followed them, right? They it was Gandalf's plan, it was Thorin's plan, and he was just following along, trying to help. But now he's the one thinking of the plans. He's the one solving the problems, thinking of the solutions, and they're looking to him when they have a problem. They look to Bilbo. What should we do? This is a natural leadership. 
And uh, so he starts going back down again. Puts on his ring and he thinks, ah, the dragon, he'll be sleeping. He won't see me and he can't see me and I'm very quiet. He won't hear me. But it says he had forgotten that, or he never knew dragons have a great smell. They can smell. So he goes down and this is, it's actually this chapter. He has a little conversation with Smog. And he goes in and he sees the big dragon there. Luckily, he's got his ring. The dragon can't see him, but he realizes the dragon is very clever and he's, he's kind of pret- only pretending to sleep with one eye. And then he, he's, Bilbo is thinking, oh, maybe I should leave. But then Smog, the dragon, speaks to him because Smog can smell him. He says, well, thief, I smell you. I, I feel your air. And then Bilbo's quite smart. So Bilbo decides to be super respectful. He actually compliments the dragon. He says, oh, you are tremendous. Smog the tremendous. I did not come for for presents. I did not come to steal anything. I just want to see how great you are. I heard you are so great. I didn't believe it. But wow, you are amazing. Right? So he's smart, right? This is a way to, he's kind of keeping himself alive so that the dragon just doesn't breathe fire everywhere. Right? And Smog actually, even though Smog thinks he's lying, um, he likes it because Bilbo's being so respectful. He says, You have nice manners, right? You're very polite for a thief and a liar. And then he says, what's your name? He asked Bilbo, what's your name? And Bilbo, of course, is not going to tell him his name. But Bilbo starts giving him riddles. I am he that walks unseen, right? I am, I am the invisible one. And then he starts making all these names from his adventures, right? I am the, I am the, I am the ring wearer. I fly on top of eagles. I am the friend of bears, right? I, I am a fly that attack spiders, right? I ride on the barrels. I'm the barrel rider. And uh, it says, this is the way to talk to dragons if you don't want to reveal your real name and don't want to make them angry by refusing. So it says the dragons, they like riddles. They like these riddles. It's kind of interesting to them, right? So... This keeps, you know, like, Smog is actually quite curious, and Bilbo's being super, super, super respectful, so he's actually quite curious. You know, of course, he's still angry, but he's, he's curious. And then, then Smog starts to, but Smog's very clever, and he has almost a magical ability to be charming. And he says, uh, he starts to warn him, he says, don't trust the dwarves. And... Bilbo's shocked. How does he know about the dwarves? I have dwarves? What? And he says, I know the smell of the dwarves, right? So the dragon can smell the dwarves. And he ate the, remember he ate the hobbits. Uh, I mean, he ate the ponies and the dwarves were riding on the ponies so he could smell the dwarves. But he did not, he, he had never smelled a hobbit before. So he's very, very, very curious about Bilbo. He, he, he doesn't know what, what Bilbo is. He smells strange to him. He knows that there are a bunch of dwarves. It says he felt a sudden desire to run out and take off the ring and tell everything to Smog. This was a spell, like a dragon spell, but he resists it. And then, uh, then Smog keeps talking and he says, you can't trust the dwarves. And he says, if, even if you got all of this treasure, how would you take it home? Right? Think of all the danger to take. How would you take all of this home with you? Would you take it home alone? Well, you would need guards. You would need help. They're just going to cheat you. The dwarves are just planning to cheat you. Right? So he's starting to, he's trying to like, you see what he's doing, right? He's trying to uh, get him to not trust the dwarves. He's very clever. And then this actually kind of works a little bit because Bilbo starts to doubt. Bilbo realizes, yeah, how am I going to get all of this treasure back to my home? Hmm. And he says, did the dwarves forget about this? And then he starts actually having some doubts about the dwarves. And he says, this is the effect dragon talk has on the inexperienced. So this is kind of, again, like the dragon is kind of like the... uh, a little bit like Brave New World, right? He's really clever. He's good at propaganda. He's good at mind control. The dragon has this kind of mind control ability of lying and deceiving. And even Bilbo's getting confused by it. 
And then Bilbo says, uh, no, 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 well, it doesn't matter about the money. We came for revenge. We came for revenge. And then the, the dragon just laughs because he's, 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 he's laughing and laughing and laughing. He's like, there's no way that you and these a few dwarves can hurt me. He says, I, I, nothing can defeat me. I'm so powerful. And then Bilbo said, oh, yeah, but I heard, I heard that dragons under on their stomach that they're really soft and so maybe they can attack you and smog is just laughing again he says no no i have i have armor right my my scales my skin on my stomach is super and my chest is uh my chest is uh no weapon can go through it and plus i have diamonds right because he's 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 laying on the diamonds he's laying on the gold and nothing can get past this so he actually rolls over and he says look look at my chest look at my stomach nothing can get through right so he's very he's uh he's arrogant right he's super 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 confident because he's so 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 powerful smog he thinks nothing can hurt him but in fact you know, and Bilbo says, wow, amazing, you're perfect, you're amazing. So Bilbo keeps complimenting him. And this is a little bit of a weak point of Smog that he likes the compliments, right? He's got a huge ego. But in fact, Bilbo notices a large little uh, kind of hole in his armor. There's a spot in his chest where there's no, no diamonds, no gold, and even his natural kind of body armor, his scales, are missing there. So there's actually a weak point in his chest, this little small spot on his chest, there's a weak point on the dragon. Of course, Bilbo says nothing, but he notices it. So then Bilbo kind of yells back to him and says, you know, you know, good luck catching me, ha ha ha. And then he runs up the tunnel, right? Because now he's, he got what he wanted. He got some information. He sees a weak point. And of course, this was, he says, this was a, Stupid thing to do because it makes the dragon very angry and he breathes fire and uh, the fire bubbles running, ah, running up the tunnel to get away. But the fire, you know, comes up the tunnel and it actually burns his feet and burns his butt a little bit. And then uh, dragon says, uh, Bilbo says to himself, never laugh at live dragons, you fool Bilbo. So he says, ah, that was foolish. I should never have laughed at him. <laughs> and he gets burned a little bit. Uh, okay, then finally he gets up to the dwarves and the dwarves are uh, are like, oh, what happened? What happened? And Bilbo tells them the whole story. While he tells them the story, there's a bird there, a thrush. And it's, it's there. And Bilbo looks at the bird and he says, that bird's listening to us. There's something weird about that bird. There's a bird listening to him while he tells the dwarves the story. And he wants to throw a rock at the bird, but Thorin says, no, 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 that's a good bird there. It's actually kind of like a magical bird. They have, they can even, they have a language, their own language. And in the past, they could talk to the men down in the lake. So he says, don't, don't, don't do anything bad to the bird. Let the bird listen. Um, so anyway, Bilbo tells the whole story, he tells about the weak point in the dragon the bird listens and then it flies away to the town maybe to tell somebody in the town about what Bilbo just said and then Bilbo starts getting very nervous he says the uh, smog you know he's gonna he's coming back he's super angry he's gonna destroy the, he'll destroy the whole mountain if he has to we have to go inside we because they're right now they're kind of outside the little door again he's like we all have to go in we all have to go in come on he's coming back he's coming back and they're like oh don't worry it'll be okay and he's like no 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 come on come on come on come on come on come on come on, come on. and then finally um they uh they finally listened to him and uh, they get inside and they shut the door. And just as they do, bam, there's a big, you know, fire again and a smash. And it, the dragon had actually this time become really quiet and was trying to sneak up on them. And so luckily, again, the Bilbo kind of saves them because he gets them inside just in time. But the, the, this time the dragon is like smashing and breaking the mountain and the door and all the rocks fall. So now they're stuck. The, the door is destroyed. They're stuck inside the mountain they can't get out and then uh smog 
he realizes, ah, well, he th- Smog thinks he's he's killed them. He thinks they've probably all the rocks just crushed them and they're all dead. So then Smog turns and he goes to destroy the town because remember Bilbo said he was a barrel rider. It was one of his kind of riddles about his name, and uh, Smog knows that the the lake town has the barrels. So Smog thinks the ba- the lake town people helped him. And they did, actually, right? So Smog knows that the Lake Town people helped the dwarves. So Smog has decided he's going to go destroy the Lake Town as revenge because they helped the dwarves. So Smog goes off to fly towards the Lake Town and the dwarves and Bilbo are stuck inside the mountain. And that is the end of that chapter. We'll go with chapter 13 next time. All right. That is our three chapters of The Hobbit. And we're right into the, 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 the big part of the adventure at the end here. All right, I'll get into a few questions and comments live here on YouTube. And then... We'll move forward. Okay. How dragon? How strong would the dragon be if he wore the ring? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I don't know. Of course, nobody knows right now. No one realizes now. Bilbo doesn't know. Gandalf doesn't know. No one knows this is his ring is so powerful. Potentially. Yeah, Yasin says the dwarves don't even think for a solution. They just ask Bilbo. Yeah, and this happens in life, you know. When someone is a natural leader, people people will look to them for solutions. They look to them for um, advice or decisions. This is how this is where we can see Bilbo is definitely the leader now. He has become the natural leader. He may, he may not be the official leader. That's Th- Thorin's the official leader, but. Bilbo really is the natural leader now. Yeah, like Alexi says, uh, oh, I can put this on the screen. Uh, A good example is Trump. He isn't a strong guy physically. Sure, he can't do 30 push-ups, right? But he can deal with difficulties, be the leader of his nation. Everyone must have his role and play it wholeheartedly. Well, indeed, right. So leadership is not about physical strength, really. Right? It's, it's, it's about decision-making, uh, confidence, maybe other, other qualities, right? But especially the ability to solve problems and overcome problems. Bilbo has done that now. He's proved it a couple times, saving everybody else. And that's the other part about leadership is that the leader does it for the group, not just for himself. So Bilbo has saved the dwarves a couple times, solved these problems, rescued them a couple times, found these solutions. And now, of course, right, he's not the strongest at all, but that's not, you know, being the, physically the strongest is not so important for being a leader. Not really important at all. Okay. Slavika says, big wealth or treasure always causes a big problem. Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, Later in the story, it causes even more problems. The dragon stole the treasure from the dwarves. Now the clever Bilbo helps them get it back. Yeah, that's right. Yep, but there's still a long way to go. Strong mentality, high motivation for love of gold, but Thorn's squad of dwarves never ask him to return home, despite all the difficulties and death threats. Really interesting. Why? Yeah, indeed. Um... Yeah, the dwarves, you know, the dwarves come to trust him. At first, they trust Bilbo. They don't really trust Bilbo in the beginning, but they trust Gandalf. And Gandalf says, Bilbo's good, right? 
and they don't really believe Gandalf, but but of course they grow to understand, ah, oh, well, Gandalf was right. Gandalf was right. This guy's good. It's quite interesting. Yeah, Erdem says, uh, it seems that Bilbo comes from real life like one of us. He's kind of a little bit weak when he eyeballs difficulties. He responds like us. Yes, and I, like I've said before, yeah, he's not a superman, right? He's not a, a warrior or some super strong guy. So he, it through the story, he grows and grows and grows and grows to become heroic, to become a leader. But he still has fears. He's still, even now, is still afraid. I mean, he's not crazy, right? <laughs> so that's exactly right. Bilbo's a model of how no regular people can become heroes because he's a, you know, a regular person that has some kind of strength inside him. Paulika says, I would say the dwarves were not so intelligent. Bilbo had more wits, so it was natural he became a leader at that point. Yeah, I, I agree. Bilbo clearly is, um, I think he's smarter than them. Uh, and the real life problem is charisma. It's only a part of it, though. You know, like Bilbo is not, says RHS. Um, charisma is kind of a shallow level of leadership, right? Charisma is that ability to be charming, I would say, you know, basically. And uh, yeah, in a, in a, in a, like a party situation or in a, a new situation with new people, charisma can, be used for leadership, right? People will uh, respond to someone who has charisma. But on the other hand, I would say that long term, like, you know, a group, a team that's together longer, that charisma becomes less, less, less important. And what becomes much more important is, again, this ability to handle problems, to overcome problems, to solve problems, to make decisions confidently, uh, right? So Bilbo's not so charismatic, but uh, in, in the beginning, uh, they don't think of him as a leader at all. The opposite, very much the opposite. So he earns his respect through actions. And I think this is true in life as well, that... Uh, in the short term, yes, people who are good talkers, who are very charming, they can dominate, they can kind of uh, be leaders in a new group. But over time, you'll notice that the people who really get results will often rise up to be respected as the real leaders. And sometimes they're not so charismatic, meaning maybe they're not good talkers. Maybe they're not so charming, but it doesn't matter because the team trusts them <laughs> because the team knows they can be trusted. They're reliable. They will solve the problems. They'll make good decisions. And that's, uh, I would say, a deeper, stronger, more valuable kind of leadership. Okay. And I think that's about it. Just see if I missed any comments. Yeah, okay, Vladislav kind of going back here says, uh, many of us think about problems, the problems of having kids. It seems difficult. Good example. <laughs> like, exactly. <coughs> So this is exactly right. This is what I was saying, like with um, if the dwarves and Bilbo, if they all thought about the dragon too much in the beginning, 
maybe they would never have left. They would have just said, oh, no, we can't do it. And they would have just never done it, right? From fear, from worry. So many people do this with kids. And I did this. So I'm not blaming you. But uh, I mean, I did this myself for so many years. Oh, just think about all the, just think about all the problems and difficulties of having kids of, you know, no sleep and, you know, all the things you can imagine that will change and be difficult potentially if you have children, right? And then that can prevent you from actually doing it, which is, it's actually better to just not think about it too much, right? It's actually better to just think, well, okay, yeah, they're probably, it probably will be, have some difficulties and I'll, I'll just deal with it when it happens, which is what the dwarves in Bilbo, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the dragon's going to be tough. We'll deal with the dragon when we get there. And I think, yes, I think kids, uh, it's a perfect example. Having children is just, uh, don't think about the problems too much. Don't really think about it. Just uh, have kids and deal with the problems when they come. Yes, there will be challenges. Absolutely. But um, don't think about them too much because then you'll just be afraid and you won't do it. And then you miss all the great things. You miss the treasure. You miss the adventure. You miss the journey. That's a tragedy. Don't miss it. Yeah, and kind of like the follow-up, Alexi says, if you face the unknown, it doesn't mean you won't find a solution. Right. Henry Ford didn't know how to create a V8 engine. He only had belief. Once you start to dig this question, the answer will find you. That's right. And this is a kind of faith. And this is what it's about. This is exactly what it means. Is that you take the leap of faith. You have faith. You don't know how you will find the answer. You don't know the answer. You don't know how you will overcome the problem. But you have you just have a faith you have faith that somehow you'll do it you don't know how exactly now you have faith that when the time comes you'll do it when the time comes somehow you'll find an answer or the answer will find you when the time comes you'll be strong enough right you have to have that kind of faith to do anything great in life even something as simple as having kids you do you have to have enough faith just have faith and go forward well said. Well said. Good comments, guys. U.S. say the first people who invented propaganda. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, let's see. Oh, we've got a few more comments here. Uh, let's see. Slavika says, Bilbo stepped out of his comfort zone, became a true leader. Maybe each of us should step out of our comfort zone and become a better person. Indeed, right? He had to take... Bilbo uh, just took a big, big leap of faith in the beginning of this journey. He, if he had imagined all the problems he would face, the trolls, the spiders, the, the dwarves, the forest, the goblins, right? He never would have left. <laughs> so it's good he didn't think about it too much. Yeah, only through difficulties the real strength is born, says Alexei, not inherited. That's right. You become better and stronger because of the difficulties. So the person you are when you start, that's why you shouldn't think, that's why you should have faith and go forward because you will be a different person later. So trust that you will get stronger. Trust that you can handle it. Pretty says, why do people depend on leaders? Because uh, it's just natural. Humans are, you know, there's a natural hierarchy, right? Not everybody's good at making decisions and solving problems. So they naturally look to the stronger, the strongest person, the most decisive person. It's just human nature. Olga says, I'm also afraid to have children. Don't be. Just do it. Do it. 
again, speaking from example, I'm speaking from from uh, experience. Someone who had the same fear for a long time. Do it. Don't think about it. Just don't stop thinking about it. Push your your fears away. Have faith and do it. Okay. And I think that's about all, guys. Okay, good. All right, we'll move forward. So the rest of this week, I will do a show about my VIP program. For those of you who have questions, I'll just describe the VIP program in detail. Some VIP members, you can share your experiences if you want to while we're doing it live. And then, uh, what else? That's it. We'll keep going forward with The Hobbit. I'll eventually get back. I'll eventually get back to... um, doing the movie uh, course but right now I just haven't had the time so anyway we'll keep going alright so I guess that's it here we go alright guys as always join my VIP program at effortlessenglishclub.com keep reading The Hobbit we probably have two maybe three more shows until we finish it so maybe uh, probably three we probably have three more times and then we will finish this book it's a really great story so I encourage you Try to read the book in English if you can. Okay? Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Commit, don't quit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. See you next time.